to share together, I want to talk a little bit about the Sheep Gate. The Sheep Gate. Uh, as I was preparing for the message, uh, a phrase kept coming to mind. Sneaking in the back door. Sneaking in the back door. Uh, first thing that comes to mind when I think about this is... Uh, you know, being a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated and also a Prince Hall Mason, when you are joining certain organizations, there's a educational period. <laughs> <laughs> educational period where you're learning the proper information. And if certain people did not come to teach you, they would say you snuck in the back door. Because they didn't get their opportunity to teach you. I think about it when I think about other organizations. It doesn't have to be Greek or Masonic. I've heard it used in bike clubs. I've heard it used in other community organizations. If you try to get in without going through the proper channels, they would say you snuck in the back door. If you wanted to have some, or some sort of meeting to vote on something at a board meeting and you waited until certain people weren't there because you knew they were going to vote against it, when you wanted to change some bylaws at a church or something like that, they would say you snuck in the back door. The point is, is when you tried to go outside of proper channels, when you tried not to get everybody involved, when you tried to do it your own way, you were sneaking in the back door. And Jesus is here talking about people sneaking in the back door and not actually sneaking in the back door, but trying to go over the fence. Uh, Jesus makes this illustration, this metaphor. Let the church say metaphor. metaphor. He's describing two different ways to enter a sheepfold. There is the wrong way, trying to climb over a wall. And then there is the right way, entering through the gate which is the method where you had to pass by the shepherd in order to get in. See, the gate gives the sheep access to security and protection at night. And then they can come out of the gate during the day and get access to pasture and nourishment during the day. But the, there's the sheep fold. The, the sheep folds were connected to the house. Uh, usually on the side, almost kind of like a, a backyard or a side yard or it's connected, but you couldn't go in through the house to get to the sheep gate or the sheep fold. You had to go on the outside and go through the gate. Uh, and the flock, was, if the flock was large enough, they would have to hire multiple shepherds to watch the sheep. You usually have the shepherd who owned the sheep and then you had an under-shepherd who was hired or under-shepherds who were hired to help take care of the sheep. And so Jesus is using this illustration and giving, giving the, the example and the, the Pharisees are acting like they don't understand, which is kind of strange for these people to act like they don't understand during these times because sheep were important to the economy. 
uh, that would kind of be like being around here and somebody talking about a plant and you acting like you didn't know what we was talking about or talking about the Texas City Dyke. I don't know where that is. No, how you not know where it is and you in this area? <laughs> talking about water and fishing and those kind of things. You, these things are familiar to these people. And so when Jesus is talking about having these sheep and him being the shepherd and going through a sheepfold, huh? What you mean? trying to act like they don't know what he's talking about. So he has to explain a little more because the sheep were important to the people of that time. Uh, A sheep or a goat could change somebody's entire stance in the society. Uh, The sheep could provide meat. That would be real quick. You get a sheep, you kill the sheep, you have shank bone for dinner. But, But it could also change the community because it's literally a business. If you don't want to go for the quick fix and you have these sheep, you can have a business because you have the milk that you can drink. You have the wool that you can shear and have clothes year after year. You have the dung that is used as fertilizer to finance the crop. So the people of this time lived on the sheep. And so for him to be talking about sheep and they act like they don't know what he's talking about, they act like he's trying to say something foreign, is kind of strange to me. Uh, And so he gives them this this illustration and we move from the metaphor to the meaning. Let the church say meaning. Uh, This this, this passage is challenging all would-be leaders to a level of leadership associated with humility, hard work, and service. And though while we don't really deal with sheep directly anymore, we just put the clothes on, the audience of the people in the gospel, according to John, should have been well familiar with the toils of shepherding. They had to risk their lives to protect the sheep, protect them from wild animals. And there was constant hassle of keeping the sheep from wandering off. Uh, There were long days of herding the sheep and leading these helpless animals to to food and water in a barren land. Being a shepherd was not an easy task, amen? But John tells us through Jesus' words that amidst all this trouble, all this triumph, all, all these things that were going on, these trials, Jesus is the good shepherd. Uh, And so he breaks down the different people. There are characteristics that he talks about. He talks about thieves and robbers. Thieves and robbers are here to kill, steal, and destroy. They are here to kill, steal, and destroy. Uh, And it's interesting that they say that because they, they, uh, the enemy is always trying to attack us, but not always for what we've done. Uh, the concern is not always about what you've done because, like I said, with the sheep, if you had a sheep, it could change your life. So the enemy is not out here trying to attack what you've done. The enemy is attacking you because of your potential. The enemy knows even if you don't know that you're the head and not the tail. The enemy knows if you don't know that you should be above and never should be beneath. The enemy knows if you don't know that you are the lender and not the borrower. The enemy knows if you don't know that by his stripes you are healed. And so he's not there trying to take out just what you've done. He's after your potential. That's why our youth are so important. Uh, When you want to attack something, you attack the youth. Uh, I I have a friend of my mother's who's an exterminator. And I had an interesting conversation with him because he's got this new 
tool that he uses to exterminate. And he says that when he goes into a house and sprays to, 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 to kill like roaches or something, you don't look for dead adult roaches. That's, he doesn't know that his extermination stuff is working at that time if you see dead, full-grown roaches. He says what he looks for are small roaches that are dead and they're stuck in a position where their wings are trying to stick out, but they're stuck out. He looks for small roaches right there. Why? Because he is killing the adolescent roaches at that time. They're not yet adults at this time. They're, they're, they're still children. They're on their way to adults. And he knows that if he can kill the children on their way to adults, that the colony will suffer. And that is the way to kill the colony is if you take out the, the adults or the, the ones who are not yet adults. If I can get them at that stage, I know that the colony will fail. So just like that, if I can get the youth at the right stage, I know that the church will fail. If I can get the youth at the right stage and tell them, you know that man up there lying to you. Ain't no Jesus. Let me tell you about all this other stuff that's going on. He's just here to get his pockets fat. If I can tell them that all these different things that are going on and not necessarily quote them right. Uh, if I can get all these things, I can get them to doubt. If I can get them to look at something else. Can't quote a Bible scripture to save your life, but you know all the young thug songs. If I can get you at that time, if I can get you at that time, I can steal, kill, and destroy. So the, 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 the enemy is not just aiming at you for what you've done. The enemy is aiming at you for your potential. Uh, when we play a basketball, when they play the, a basketball game and it's time to play the Cavs, we don't wait for Le LeBron James to score 50 points before we double team him. We've scouted him already. We know that here's a danger to him, so we are going to attack him on the onset. Okay. Uh, they, they, those things, the enemy is coming to kill, steal, and destroy for your potential. Oh, if you knew what you could do if you put your mind to it. And so he's here to get the potential, and that's why they come after the sheep. That's why they're willing to go over the wall. That's why they're willing to cross over the gate in order to get the sheep, because they know the potential in the sheep. They know that the sheep are capable of producing other sheep. And the larger the flock gets, the more better off the community will be. And so we're going to stop it. We're going to nip it in the bud, as they say, and we're going to go after it before they get dangerous. And so these thieves and robbers are here to kill, steal, and destroy. I'm reminded of the, the text where Jesus was telling Peter uh, 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 that, that the enemy is out there roaring like a lion, seeking whom they may devour. I like to watch a lot of nature shows. When I'm not watching a bunch of technical stuff, I'm watching some National Geographic. And one thing that I've noticed about lions is they don't hunt like conventional and other conventional predators do. Ah, uh, the, the lion, the male lion, does not do all of the work. Uh, you have one or two male lions in a pride. And then you have a whole bunch of female lions that do the hunting. And what happens is, is the gazelle is running. 
and it's running away and it sees the big male lion and the big male lion roars at the, the, at the, at, at the gazelle and the gazelle gets off track. It roars at the lion, it, or the lion rather roars at the gazelle and the gazelle gets off track and when the gazelle gets off track it runs into the path of the, uh, of the female lions that kill it. Uh, so you are worried about the roar and you get off track. You get, worried, you get worried about the roar and you find yourself making an even worse decision than you've made before when you are square up on the enemy and you decide to turn around and go back to where you came from. Yeah, these things that the enemy is attacking you that way and so you got to not worry about the roar. Uh, the, the, the roar is there to get you off track. The roar is there to get, make you to doubt yourself. And the roar is there to make you doubt yourself so you can't say, for God I live and for God I die. The roar is there to make you doubt yourself so you don't understand that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The roar is there to get you to doubt yourself. And so these characteristics of the thieves and the robbers, their purpose is here to kill, steal, and destroy. And then we move from the characteristics of the robbers to the characteristics of the hired hands. Uh, the hired hands will forsake the sheep in time of danger. The hired hands don't care as much about the sheep as the shepherd does. Why? Because they do not own the sheep. The shepherds are there because they own the sheep. They have a vested interest in the life and the success of the sheep. But the hired hands are only there for a check. The hired hand is there to say, you know what? I don't get paid enough for this. This ain't worth my time. I'm out. With a hired hand, when times of trouble come around, the hired hand is ready to leave because they are only concerned about themselves and not the sheep. The hired hands get resources off of the flock. The hired hand will get their own milk, but not necessarily put milk into the house. The hired hand will shear the sheep themselves so that they can have good clothes, but they won't necessarily sell the wool to make money for the business. The hired hand will take the dung and fertilize their own crops, but they won't be concerned about anybody else. The hired hand might have a Rolls Royce while the church is in foreclosure. The hired hand will be trying to get a private jet for themselves, but not be able to donate to the community. The hired hand might have a new suit every time you see him, but the church is in shambles. The hired hand does not have a vested interest in the sheep. And so we have these, these thieves and robbers here to take our potential. And we have these, 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 these hired hands that are here that are only concerned about themselves. But thank God there is a good shepherd. Jesus says over and over again, I am the good shepherd. He describes himself as a shepherd. Another reason that they should have been known about shepherds is because they have shepherd in their scripture. You know, these people weren't walking around with a gospel according to John or Mark or Luke during these times because that was being lived out. But they had a Psalm 23. They had of the Lord as my shepherd. I shall not want. So they should understand about what the shepherds were. Not only good shepherds, but bad shepherds. They had an Ezekiel 34 that talked about what was going to happen to good shepherds and bad shepherds. They should have understood what was going on. This language of shepherds 
is during a time where there were false shepherds out there conjuring images like they said in Ezekiel 34. And the prophet recounts a period of bad shepherds fattening themselves, taking the wool for themselves, and failing to care, failing rather to care for the sheep. The shepherds led with force and harshness. And they had no concern for the weak or the fallen or the injured or the strayed or the lost. That was a result of poor leadership. The sheep of Israel had scattered and became prey for other wild animals for lack of any hope or rescue. However, God himself decides to search for the sheep, to gather the flock in Ezekiel 34 and attend to the weak in the image. And this is God nurturing us. And as prominent in the text during that time, the necessity of the Lord to take over the role of the good shepherd is the presence of leaders and false leaders in the faith. Uh, and moreover, it says that the Lord is going to judge between the sheep and purge those of the flock who do not belong to him. Uh, so we have this image of a good shepherd. They should have known that. And Jesus talks about his relationship to the sheep. He is in verse seven. It says uh, that therefore Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Oh, and he says, I am the gate. For the sheep, see, during these times, the, 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 the sheep pens were made out of rocks. They would stack rocks on top of each other to build um, an edifice, if you will, to hold the sheep in. They didn't necessarily go to a Home Depot and pick up a wrought iron fence. Or, or, or wood planks and concrete so that they could put it down. These sheep, these sheep pens were made out of rocks stacked together. And when the sheep, when it was time for them to go out, they would move some rocks around to make a hole in the way for the sheep to get out. And when it was time for the sheep to come back in, they would make another hole in the rock so that they could come in. But the shepherd would stand in the hole. So every sheep that had to come back in, the shepherd would be in the hole the way that they had to go through and the shepherd would put his hands out and run his hands over all the sheep. And because the shepherd was familiar with the sheep, he knew which sheep were his. And not only did he know which sheep were his, when he put his hands on the sheep, he would feel through to make sure they didn't have any sticker burrs on them. They didn't have any scratches. They didn't have any bruises. There were anything. The, the shepherd was putting his hands on everything in the sheepfold so that they had to go through the shepherd in order to get back into the pen. The sheep could not sneak through the back door. And just like the shepherd keeps his hands on the sheep, checking them out, making sure there's, some, there's nothing wrong with the sheep. Jesus stands through in the hole of the gate of salvation for all of us as his sheep to pass through. And he has his hands on us, checking us out to let us know if there is anything wrong because he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised, for our iniquities, the chastisement of his peace was upon us, and by his stripes we are healed. He has his hands on all of us, so that when we go back into the sheep pen, we'll be all right. 
the shepherd was literally the gate to the sheepfold. The shepherd was literally the way in and out of the pen. And just like the shepherd is literally the way in and out to the pen, Jesus is the way in and out of salvation. And so he allows them to go out in the green pastures. He allows them to live their life in all fullness. Uh, some translations say, I come that you have life and you'll have it more abundantly. Uh, I come that you'll have life and you'll have it more abundantly. I come that you'll have life and you'll have it more abundantly. I'm not here to be some sort of prosperity pimp preacher. So when I talk about having life more abundantly, I'm not here just talking about money. Uh, there's health. You can have health abundantly. You can have a relationship with your family abundantly. You can have a stable peace of mind abundantly. I don't care how much money you have. Peace of mind is more important than all of that. You can have a billion dollars and not get to sleep at night. But Jesus came that you have life and you'll have it more abundantly your whole life. Not just selling you something for the sweet by and by. I came that you'll have life and have it more abundantly. So some of those things that we would be waiting for in heaven, we ought to be trying to work out on earth. Amen. Yes. Amen. Uh, and he gives them life to the full. He gives them life and he'll give it more abundantly. And he knows his sheep and they know him. I've, I've been at a few churches where I've seen people bring in live sheep for the illustrations of their sermon. And uh, one thing that I remember distinctly besides uh, the sheep messing up the carpet <laughs> was that in order for the sheep to even come into the building, the sheep handler, the shepherd, had to be with them. Uh, the sheep would not follow the pastor in no matter how good the sermon was going to be. The sheep would not follow the pastor in. The shepherd had to come with him, and the shepherd had to come up on stage because the sheep know their master's voice, and they will not follow another. Well, we ought to know our master's voice, and we ought not to follow another. We ought to know our master's voice, and we ought not to follow another. I'm going to say it one more time. We ought to know our master's voice, and we ought not follow another. He knows his sheep, and they know him. And not only does he know his sheep, and they know him, he is willing, as the good shepherd, to lay down his life for the sheep. Uh, the hired hand will be gone. When times of trouble come, when the wolf comes to eat the sheep, the, she, the, the hired hand is not willing to lay his life down for the sheep. But the shepherd is. And the shepherd did on that Friday morning on a hill called Calvary. On that place called Golgotha, a.k.a. the place of the skull. The shepherd was willing to lay down his life for us sheep was willing to carry over a hundred pounds worth of beam on a cross all the way to that part and be mocked and beaten and blindfolded and beaten and said, prophesy, Jesus, which one of us hit you and draped in purple and wearing a crown of thorn and having nails in his, in his hands and a crown of thorns on his head and a pierced in his side. He was willing to lay down his life for us. 
And because he laid down his life for us, we all now have access to the sheep pen. We all now have access when we decide to go through the gate. We all have access to that salvation. And the, and the shepherd will know his sheep. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come.